Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Milwaukee Bucks left nothing to question on Monday night. Speaking of questions, what are the Atlanta Falcons without Julio Jones? Plus, why aren't LeBron and AD feared like other great duos? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After squeaking out a game one victory over the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks put on an absolute show, demolishing the Miami Heat 132-98. Giannis and Tedekumbo shook off a rough game at the free throw line, putting in 31-13-6. And, and Bryn Forbes was on fire, putting in 22 points on six of nine, shooting from deep. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks, Kane Pittman and Kane. It felt after game one that winning that game was really a must win for the Bucks. What I think has to be somewhat surprising is this performance in game two. What that we've seen from those two games is the real version of this series. I think it's somewhere in the middle, and, and it's very easy to look at the Bucks through two games and point to the offense and say, well, okay, well, the clear distinguishing difference between game one and game two is the three-point shooting, and there's no doubt about it that that's obviously accurate, and the way that the Bucks shot the ball in the first quarter tonight set the scene uh, for a really a game that Miami never recovered from after that point. But I think defensively what we're seeing from Milwaukee is still the story of this series because we saw last year that you can point to the offensive problems that the Bucks had. There's no doubt about that. But they also didn't have an answer for Jimmy Butler. They didn't have an answer for Bam Adebayo or the three-point shooting of the Heat. And I think through two games this series, it's held up. Well, and, and to your point, this was something that Milwaukee Bucks were trying to get a handle on all season. They start switching more. A process that was arduous, that led to some embarrassing defensive performances, frankly. And yet here they are in the playoffs, putting those principles into action. How critical is it that this is the team that they're able to do this into, uh, do this against, put that, those principles into action and set them up for a series later down the road, assuming they win this, where they're probably going to have to take a lot of this stuff moving forward. Yeah, and that's why this series, uh, however long it goes, and I still think you would be silly to assume that the Bucks are going to roll through this series. Miami are a tough team in that regard that they're going to bounce back. But that's why if the Bucks have any hopes of making a long playoff run, then this was almost the perfect tune-up if they are to move on because you go against a team that not only has challenged you in the past, but you go against a team that can hurt you in a number of ways. And it all starts with Jimmy Butler. And I think the biggest thing for me watching this series through two games is just the different options and the versatility that the Bucks have to throw at Jimmy Butler. So he's seen some Drew Holiday. He's seen some Giannis. He's seen some PJ Tucker. And that's the three-headed monster that the Bucks are attacking him with through this point. And then they still have time to run a Dante DiVincenzo or a Chris Middleton out on the dangerous shooter in the starting lineup in Duncan Robinson. So as you pointed to, it hasn't exactly been perfect all season long. But the Bucs have said from opening night, from training camp, in fact, that they were gearing everything towards being ready for the postseason and being able to throw different looks at opposition teams over the course of a series. So far through two games, I think the versatility is clear for everyone to see. 
Uh, now it just remains to be seen whether they can continue up at this level through what could be another four or five games. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, what are the Atlanta Falcons without Julio Jones? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Buying car parts can be a major hassle, especially right now when you don't want to go into the store. And even if you do go into the store, you have to deal with someone behind the counter who is going to have to go look up the parts in their warehouse on their computer. You have a computer, you have a smartphone, you have the internet. You can go to rockauto.com and do it yourself. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got a unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Nuggets were looking for revenge on the Trailblazers in Game 2. What up, y'all? Pass first point guard host of Lockdown Blazers, Mike Richmond. We got a series, even at one apiece, if the Blazers get blown out in Denver in game two. They wasted a just historic, fantastic offensive first half from Damian Lillard, in which he scored 32 points and hit eight three-pointers. But the Blazers were still down double digits at, at halftime, and a gross third quarter, they didn't make up the difference, and the Nuggets won going away. Uh, Nikola Jokic was fantastic. The Blazers didn't get enough from their bench like they did in game one, and they didn't get enough from their second best player. CJ McCollum wasn't very good, and they got a bad use of Nurkic game. So let's add that all up together. Dane, fantastic. CJ and Nurk, not very good. The bench, pretty much nothing. That equals a loss, because if Nikola Jokic is going to be that fantastic and the Nuggets bench is going to provide the punch they did, the Blazers aren't going to win many more games. This is going to be a battle of role players around two really good stars. Both stars are really good, and in Game 2, the Nuggets' role players were better, and that's the difference. Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell said he was, quote, definitely frustrated and upset, end quote, with the late decision to scratch him over Sunday's playoff opener, but emphasized focusing on moving forward after the team's medical staff cleared him to play in game two against the Memphis Grizzlies. For me, for my team, I was definitely frustrated and upset that I wasn't able to play, said Mitchell. I'm a competitor. I felt I was ready to go. I felt ready to go, and unfortunately, that wasn't the case. If there's a game six on Saturday in Montreal between the Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Quebec government will permit 2,500 fans into the Bell Centre, the first Canadian NHL crowd since the start of the pandemic last year. As for Game 3... Hey there, Mike DiStefano from Locked on Leafs Toronto with a 2-1 win over the Montreal Canadiens here in Game 3. That gives him a 2-1 series lead 
in the best of seven. Look, not gonna lie, Carey Price scared me. Early on, he made some beautiful stops, and he was fantastic tonight. He really was, made 29 saves, but I gotta tell you, probably about a dozen of them were high grades. The Leafs were, were really, really out there trying to score tonight. They were all over the place. They got shots um, right into the dirty areas, but Carey Price was phenomenal. Maple Leafs win, and uh, it was a good game. It was a real solid game. Both sides um, had some chances, but really, at the end of the day, Toronto just too much to handle and able to get the victory here in Game 3 and take a 2-1 series lead. And the overtime games keep on coming in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Gil Martin from Locked On Islanders here. Islanders beat the Penguins in double overtime 3-2 on Josh Bailey's goal just less than a minute into the second overtime. They lead the series 3-2. The bottom line is, this is how the Islanders win hockey games when they are being outplayed. They got outstanding goaltending from Ilya Sorokin. They managed to just hang around and play good enough team defense to deny the Penguins goals, even though they had shot after shot after shot. Eventually, when the Islanders got their opportunities, they were able to cash in, tie the game on a nice goal by Jordan Eberle, and then win it in the double overtime period. The Islanders have a chance to clinch the series on Wednesday night at the Nassau Coliseum. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. The NBA playoffs are in full swing, and betonline.ag, of course, has you covered. The Brooklyn Nets look to go up 2-0 on the Boston Celtics, and the betonline.ag line is Brooklyn giving 9.5. The Phoenix Suns won game one against the LA Lakers, but betonline.ag has the Lakers as 1.5-point favorites for game two. And the Dallas Mavericks look to go up 2-0 on the Los Angeles Clippers. The betonline.ag line has the Clippers favored by six. For all your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, or golf odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Falcon star Julio Jones makes it official. He is out in Atlanta. Now it's up to the Falcons to find a trade partner. A long reported circumstance. Apparently Julio Jones had asked out a long time ago. And Atlanta is just trying to figure out what to do next. Joining me now from Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman. And Aaron, this has got to be one of those things where fans are looking at this team coming off a difficult season, coaching change, Kyle Pitts at the top of the draft. Hey, let's go. And then it's, mm, guess what? We're going to trade the franchise player who, by all accounts, including his own, is I'm out of here. Yeah, you know, one of the few exciting things about the Falcons, given their disappointing play these last couple of years, was the hope that now with the addition of Kyle Pitts, this was going to be one of the top offenses in the NFL this upcoming season with Julio Jones, with Kyle Pitts, with Calvin Ridley, with Hayden Hurst, a, a smorgasbord of weapons for Matt Ryan to throw to. And it felt like there was going to get at least one more year with him being that type of impact player. And now that goes out the window. And now you're just sort of stuck there saying, at least I speaking for myself, you know, what is there to get super excited about this upcoming season? If you know that this team's 
ceiling is maybe not as high as it seemed to be 24 hours ago before this sort of Julio Jones bombshell really broke down for us. Well, then why did they handle the rest of the offseason the way that they did? Why did you move money around for Matt Ryan? Why did you take a receiver in the top five? Because that seemed like a move of a team thinking, hey, we're going to go compete. And if you're going to trade, what, the greatest player in your franchise's history, who's still a very productive player when healthy, why would you handle the rest of your offseason that way? I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a question that I've gone back and forth, certainly today in these past few days and certainly these past few weeks, where it does seem like that the Falcons, you know, are much more in more of a rebuild mode without Julio Jones uh, than they would be. And you wonder if that's the case, then wouldn't it have been better to start that and tear the Band-Aid off earlier, maybe take a quarterback at that number four overall selection? But it was a situation where in the Falcons defense, they probably knew that Julio Jones was not going to be playing in Atlanta much beyond this upcoming season and securing that piece uh, that could potentially fill those shoes in Kyle Pitts uh, alongside Calvin Ridley and, and trying to get the most out of Matt Ryan's the last couple of years with, you know, two dynamic weapons uh, to fill that void. You know, it does make some sense, but certainly you do wonder about the sort of the big picture question marks for this franchise and what sort of direction are they in? Are they going to be a team that is going to be able to rely on their offense as they kind of revamp things, um, you know, defensively and get that defense up to par? And, and now you don't know if that offense is going to be able to sort of carry the burden like it seemed they were going to be poised to do this upcoming season with Julio Jones gone. Coming up, why aren't LeBron and AD feared like other great duos have been? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Swimsuit season coming up, shot girl summer, a lot of great stuff. Hello, fellow kids. And <laughs> that's me right now. Uh, this is a great opportunity to find something healthy that satisfies your cravings, but will still help you achieve those beach body goals such that you have them. Or maybe you're just looking for something delicious that won't make you feel guilty about eating it. Built Bar is that thing. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they are low calorie, low carb, high in fiber, and high in protein. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to check it out. You'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Come. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Despite playing in the play-in tournament, the defending champion Lakers head into their, their series with the Phoenix Suns as the favorite, and then they go out and lose game one. Then Charles Barkley says, as he is wont to do, something relatively controversial. He says, no one fears Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Joining me now from Locked On Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky and, and Andy, why do you think this Lakers team maybe isn't viewed the same way? Why aren't those guys viewed the same way? If you think that's right, and maybe you don't. I, I think it's half right. I mean, obviously, I think it's a little much to say nobody in the league fears the Lakers on any level because we saw what appeared like teams ducking the Lakers to try to, uh, you know, get their seating a certain way. Uh, one of those teams. You can I'm, just say the Clippers. Yep. 
Well, I was going to say, I'm not going to say specifically which team. I would just say they're the one that happens to be in the same building. You can draw your own conclusions. Um, you know, so I, I wouldn't say that teams around the league want to play the Lakers. Where I do think Barkley is correct, though, is that the Lakers do not have the intimidation factor going right now that they had, I think, heading into last year's playoffs, even taking into account how bad they looked in the ramp-up period in the bubble before the playoffs. And it makes sense because LeBron and AD, their health is both in question. This team has had no continuity whatsoever for the last few months. And, you know, they've been on a winning streak, but they haven't been great. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they haven't been right. really dominant during this period of winning. And the reason that, you know, when Brian and I on the Lock on Lakers podcast did our predictions and for the YouTube channel, I had Lakers in seven. It was because I, I saw this series in a lot of ways as the equivalent of a high stakes dress rehearsal for the Lakers in terms of the rest of the playoffs. I'm not taken away from Phoenix at all. I think Phoenix is a legit team. I just mean in terms of what the Lakers will ultimately have to go through if they end up winning a championship. There's a lot they have to figure out in real time, kind of like a dress rehearsal in theater. Well, and, and if they're going to do it, they have to go through a team that has that continuity, that has played great basketball all season. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, those guys have been awesome. The role players in Phoenix have been terrific. And you're talking about a team with the coach of the year. So what is it going to take for this team, not just to beat Phoenix, but but maybe get that fear factor back a little bit because we are still talking about two of the best, what, six, eight players in basketball on this Lakers team. I think you need to see tangible evidence of both of them playing at a dominant level. I think you need to see them resemble themselves physically. You know, I, I think LeBron has this game one notwithstanding. I think the last couple of games LeBron played, he looked pretty good but he still hasn't been LeBron level from start to finish over the course of an entire game. And Anthony Davis, I think just has to assert himself more. Like he, he, I think is often content to float around the perimeter for, you know, for all the talk about the spacing issues that get created with him and Andre Drummond. And I, and I think that pairing does raise some legitimate questions about schemes with this team, the rotations they should be using all of that. These are legitimate conversations. The rest of these other guys are meant to be playing very specific roles alongside those two playing at a high level. And finally, it was Kenny Maine's final Sports Center on Monday night, and he had Aaron Rodgers on the show. Rodgers dodged questions about his current status with the Packers, refusing to answer on if he has asked for or demanded a trade, and he spoke volumes by saying nothing at all. If he wanted to put it all to rest and say, oh, this is overblown by the media, he could have. If he wanted to say, hey, I'm out, something Julio Jones did the very same day, he could have, and he chose not to. For now, the drama continues in Titletown. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Wednesday, will Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz get back on track? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.